There's just one thing I need to shout That you are good, 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 good And you love me You are good, 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 good Here we go You are good, 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 good You are good You are good, 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 good It's true And I love you If I feel lost and in the dark Ooh, I know I'm in your heart When I'm hurt and need a friend I know you're with me till the end Cause if I ever start to doubt There's just one thing I need to shout you are good, 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 and you love me. Well, you are good, 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 yes, it's true. Good, strong, loving, kind, like the love I always find. Hope, help, hero, king, stronger than anything. Wise, bright, perfect, side, closest friend, highest, I the first, last, middle, in your size, I cannot comprehend. Best of all, you set me free when on the cross you died for me.
darkness pushing through the fear God we need your presence God we need you here you are with us fighting for us we can lay our worries down even when we stand in shadows we are standing on Come and help us to be strong, be brave, be courageous, be strong, be brave, be courageous.
Vineyard. Good morning. My name is John Arelli. It's an honor to be with you this morning. Thanks for those who are here this morning. Thanks for those who are online this morning. Uh, you know, would you pray for us? It's like every week there's a new thing that comes up and it's not easy to get online for us. I know it's not easy for you to get online either, uh, but would you pray for the church as well that uh, as we continue to use technology to broadcast everything that we do here from sound and video and all of that, that all the equipment would work all the time. Uh, it, it is not a human problem. It's a tech problem. And um, we, we are just really, really thankful for all those who are working. I wish I could 
put a camera on them, but if I, if I use that camera, they'll get mad at me. So uh, thank you, camera crew, audiovisual crew this morning, and for your continued flexibility in the midst of how we do this live and in person. And for those of you who are here, you have also flexed as well. You kids, I think, have flexed the most in what it means to sit with a bunch of adults who are just being weird probably to you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you guys have done so good in being flexible in, in what it means to be a church community together in one space. And we will be doing some more flex things with kids uh, over the coming weeks. We're, we're encouraged by what we can be doing upstairs and, and that kind of thing. And thankful for Katie Boucher and, and all of our efforts that way. But uh, I want to begin this worship service with a simple liturgy. And so if you've got the capacity to stand, would you stand with me? And then after you stand, I'm going to sit down because I'm going to be playing on this drum that I get to sit on in order to play. Our mission here is to welcome Jesus into all of life. Today we're going to be talking about a, a really significant topic of why do bad things happen. And if we don't welcome Jesus into those spaces, then what can we welcome Jesus into? But this morning we welcome Jesus into our weeks. We welcome Jesus into our lives. We welcome Jesus into this space that we've dedicated to worship him. And we do that with a simple liturgy. It's just three words that's been used across 2,000 years of the church. It's come, Holy Spirit. So would you pray with me right now? Come, Holy Spirit. We open the doors of our hearts this morning in humility, in reverence, and in hope that you've got something for us this morning as we submit this hour to you. We're going to be worshiping this morning. Uh, again, just so encouraged that we have youth uh, helping us worship this morning because they know what it means to, to live and sing as if nobody's watching them. And so can we do the same for the Lord this morning, with the Lord this morning, with one another? Let's worship together. Good morning. We're going to have Miss Izzy Boucher lead us this morning in our first song called Enter the Gates. If you would stand with me.
Good morning to those who are here as well as those who are online with us. This will be a great time for you to go and get something to take communion with, some juice and some bread, and join us as we take communion this morning. What a privilege we have as a fantastic part of our worship to do that which Jesus commanded, well, offered as he said to us, uh, when we come together, when, when, when it's time to do this, we do this in remembrance of him. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. All of you take and eat it. And after supper, at the end, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. All of you take and drink it. And so he gave us this wonderful, wonderful remembrance of his manner of death as his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us. And in addition to that, it's a fantastic time where he presents himself to us spiritually and we receive him by faith. It is an awesome opportunity as we take communion to ask him to heal us, to ask him to heal our broken relationships and to confess any sins that we need to confess and get cleansed through his shed blood. It's a wonderful time to ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray that way, and you pray with me, and then we will take the bread, and then we will take the cup. So, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your presence here among us and your presence in this communion service. And we do ask you to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. We do ask you, Lord, to heal us, heal anyone who's sick, anyone who needs emotional healing, anyone who needs scars of life healed. We ask you to heal any broken relationships. And we just ask you to come into our lives in a new way. And we receive this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us eat together. And let us drink together. <clears throat> Would you kind of shout out with me, thanks be to God. Everybody ready? Thanks be to God. Amen.
as uh, Destiny continues to play, I'm just going to ask that we'd go into and continue in really uh, just a space of prayer. So <laughs> if we were in a Latino church, culturally Latino church, then we'd all just pray out loud at the same time. <laughs> and uh, because we're not used to that, I'm not going to ask that. But right just in your hearts, in your minds, just begin to pray. Just begin to pray just about anything, whatever's coming to mind people coming to mind that need help, your own situation. Begin to praise the Lord just for who he is. There may be scripture verses coming to mind, just a sense of God's presence. Maybe you may just feel like a heaviness, a good heaviness. sense of relief, some of you, just begin to thank him. Maybe just a curiosity, God, I don't know even what you feel like, but I want to. I don't know what you sound like, but I want to hear your voice. I don't know if you're real, but if you are, would you show me? Just be honest. God, if only we could articulate the bigness of what we bring with us this morning. If only we gave ourselves permission to feel it. is everlasting because of your great love we're not consumed your compassions never fail they're new every morning great is your faithfulness and in that God in that sense of surrender and faith faith that we don't really even have sometimes we pray a prayer that you taught your disciples to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for your presence here this morning. Thanks for your kingdom, a portion of your kingdom here this morning. Thank you, God. Arlita, would you join me this morning and uh, help us understand what's going on in the church besides what's happening this Sunday morning and uh, engage? Thankfully, we're married. I don't, I don't feel like I need to mask up around you. Well, we mask at home all the time, right? That's weird. <laughs> 
just kidding. Uh, good morning. My name is Arlita Arelli, and I go with him. Um, we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, so welcome. Um, if you're here in person or if you're joining us online, and we're so glad you chose to worship with us today. Um, for those of you who are new, uh, welcome to Mission Vineyard. Um, we have a mission statement here. It's kind of a way of being, a way of life uh, that we say often. Um, even our family motto tends to be, welcome Jesus into all of life. So in the awkward moments, in the high moments, in the low moments, in the everywhere in between moments, we ask Jesus and invite him in um, to be present, to give us peace, to give us clarity, to ah, whatever is going on. We just welcome him in and invite him into every single situation. And so I just pray that as you go about the service and to go about today and the rest of your week, that you feel the, the permission, the invitation to welcome Jesus into all of life. A couple of quick announcements. Um, Sunday mornings here at the museum are great, but they're quick. We got to get in and out. It's very hard to kind of create relationships with one another and also to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. And so small groups are the best way in our church to do that. And so you can go to smallgroup.missionvineyard.org to get more information about it. But I'm going to highlight a couple because a few of our groups are once a month type groups. And so if I don't announce it, you might miss it. So tonight we have our, I think it's our third, second or third week of our in-person youth group. We're meeting at the Harmony Hills Cabana Club Park. Um, they've been meeting on Zoom for the last 13 months and they've transitioned now to be meeting at a park and um, they're all really excited about that. So if you have questions about that, you can see Katie Nelson over there. Or if you know of any youth from sixth grade all the way through 12th grade that might be interested, um, they'd love to have you. Um, and this coming Saturday, we have our semi-monthly women's gathering online. Josefina Sogian will be sharing about what the Lord's doing in her life. Um, but that's 10 a.m. this Saturday, the, I don't even know what day of the month that is, but I think it's the beginning of May. Um, but anyway, Lucy Rosser is upstairs serving in kids ministry today, but she's your contact person for that if you have questions, and she'll be sending out the Zoom link this week. And then lastly, we have our very first worship small group that will be happening um, next Sunday night or afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m. at Destiny and James Forward's house. Um, please bring your lawn chairs. It's going to be on the back porch. But if you love to worship, if you love worship, if you want to learn more about worship and why we worship, um, check that group out. It's going to be uh, the first uh, Sunday of every month um, on their back porch. But make sure you bring a lawn chair, otherwise you'll be like hanging out in the grass with the fire ants. So um, we hope you can join one of those groups, and there's other groups, everything in between, from um, normal every weekly Bible study type groups to these types of once a month activities. So I'm going to pray for our service, and then John can lead us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for all that you have done, that you are doing and will do. Lord, I pray that as people... Uh, give of their time, talents, offerings, everything, Lord, that they have, that they give to you, that you would bless it for your kingdom work. I pray, Lord, for today, for this sermon, for what you want to uh, teach us and lead us in. And I pray, Lord, that my life would be changed, that our lives would be changed, and that we would grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If I could use that mic again. Thanks. Thank you. Danny, would you join me? This is my friend Danny Ross. Danny, every week we've been asking somebody to talk about what God's been doing in their life because I think it's critical that we give God glory, that we lift up what God is doing or what he's done 
There's something actually spiritually that happens in that moment that we don't realize, but it's actually really good for us just to be encouraged as well. So something happened with you when you were a young man growing, growing in uh, your, your work environment, getting more uh, authority, and all of a sudden something happened. What happened? I was a supervisor of 15, and one of my team members wrote a letter to the superintendent of the power plant where we worked, uh, alleging that I had showed some discrimination against him. And uh, a corporate HR came and began to interview everyone on the team. And I was like, Lord God, you know my heart. These things are not true. And the God just came to me and he said, your name is Daniel. Remember what that means? And I said, yes, Lord. It means God is my judge. And so I let it go. I let this investigation go, and I just said, God, this is yours, not mine, to fight. And so I just waited. I waited, and I waited for God to be faithful. And when this thing was concluded, they found me, of course, innocent of all the allegations against me. And... Uh, they went to the gentleman that had alleged those things and basically uh, told him there was no, no truth in anything that he had stated. And so it was a very awkward moment the first time I saw him again on our shift. And I walked up to him and I said, Jim, I want you to know that I forgive you. And his eyes widened and he looked at me and he said, why would you do that? And I said, because the God I love loves you just as much. And the whole relationship changed after that. There was so much respect there after that. God took something that was meant to be a bad thing, and he turned it around so that the glory was to God. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about Jim. It was really about the God who loves his people. So that's something I learned very young in my, in my career. So, I think, Danny, you know, I wonder if you could just pray for us as a church. There's an opportunity we have in these moments where God has done something in you. And that in a way, you could pray for us as a church. There may be somebody that's feeling like, you know, they've been talked about badly or accused in a, in a different way. And there's a freedom, I think, that, that God gave you. Would you pray that blessing over our church, that yes. kind of freedom? You join me. Father God, we come to you now, Lord, acknowledging that you're the God over all. And that, Father God, as we learn to let go of things and give them back to you, Lord God, whether they be just or unjust, Lord, those things that are alleged to us, Father, even in our weakest moments, we fail you. And so, Father God, we learn to give our failures as well as the, the uh, bad things that come against us to you, Lord. And we stand trusting you, God, to be with us in every circumstance. Trusting you, Lord God, that you would draw our hearts closer in relationship with you. That we would begin to understand those things you declared over us and continue to declare over us. Those things that you planned for us long ago, Lord. When we were in our mother's wombs, Lord, you wrote those things by our name in your book. That we begin to believe that that's more than just a story. 
but it's a relationship and it's a reality for each of us and that we would trust you, God, in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Danny. Let, let us pray for, let's pray for Danny. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you've done in Danny, what you're still doing in Danny, that his identity is secure in you, that your judgment on his life is the only thing that has mattered and the only thing that will ever matter. And so we bless it, Lord, your identity in him for the rest of his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I agree. Amen. I'm glad you agree. That'd be weird. If you... John, I disagree with that blessing. Okay. I guess we'll just have to deal with that another time. Uh, today, I want to welcome us into another sermon in this sermon series called Big Questions, because we're all asking them now. And I realized in this topic that maybe you're not asking big questions. Maybe you could care less. In fact, the whole idea of bringing up big questions might be a little annoying to you. Over the last year, uh, most of the big questions have been taken by social media or other kind of cable news or political parties, and oh, those are big questions, issues of racism and issues of nationalism and issues, all those things. Let's just name them as political and use them as weapons against one another. That sounds great. Oh, health, healthcare, pandemic, oh, let's just make it a political issue and then use it against one another. And instead of actually engaging the issues with an intellectual honesty, we scapegoat them against one another. And instead of going to Jesus with these issues, we put one another in boxes, hibernate, get tense, anxious, and afraid of one another. And when anybody brings up a tough issue like this, we don't have the capacity to deal with it anymore. But God invites us to ask big questions. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the news this week. Do you know that we made oxygen on Mars? We made it. We sent a box that took the molecules of the carbon dioxide on Mars and made oxygen out of them. We made oxygen. We can make oxygen on another planet. As a, ra as a human race, we've, we've done this. This is real. I'm not joking. Do you know that at the same time, there are so many COVID cases in India that they can't get enough oxygen for every patient? This is not respirators. This is not beds. In fact, beds, they say, don't worry about the beds. Just put two in the same bed. They don't have enough oxygen in India to treat COVID patients. And yet, we can make oxygen on Mars. This is the kind of intellectual honesty we have to have with what's going on in the world. We don't do a very good job of managing it, do we? <laughs> it's too big. The problems are too complex, and we're human. Raise your hand if you're human. Oh, I'm glad. I'm, I've got a few with me. Why do bad things happen is the question that we are engaging today. Why? And by, in about 20 minutes, I'm going to give you the simplest, most concrete answer, and you'll have peace for the rest of your life. You won't have to deal with this question ever again. <laughs> Why do bad things happen is, is such a big and broad question, but it's, it's one that we're afraid to engage, especially because the problems of this world are bigger than our hearts can fathom. 
If you have any awareness of what's going on in the world, you know that there's human suffering. There's human suffering in your own life. There's human suffering in your family. There's human suffering in our city, in our country, in our world. But it's often too overwhelming. Uh, I've been so proud, and that's a weird thing to say as someone who's never experienced what uh, the black community has experienced from a racial standpoint, but I've been so proud of the prayer and intentionality that's been going on within uh, the George Floyd family. And I can't imagine what it looks like to see your child die on screen and have it played over and over and over again for an entire year. I can't imagine what it looks like or what it feels like to to see that, to know it, and then at the same time that a trial is going on with this issue, to see other black children die on screen over and over and over again. And I was blown away that the Floyd family said, it is time, and they've said it over and over again, we need to double down in prayer. Let's have another prayer service. Let's bring more people around in prayer. Let's go to the Lord with this because this is too big for us to handle. We want justice, but we know that that justice isn't going to be enough to solve the pain that we have. We need the Lord to do it. And although there was a brief moment of justice regarding Derek Chauvin's trial, as far as the Floyd family is concerned, it was just a brief moment. We realize that there are bad things that go on in the world, and they're bigger than our hearts can handle. In your own family, surely you've dealt with it. In my own, uh, it's been a year of dealing with cancer. My sister, my dad, and another family member as well, we just found out, will be battling cancer. In your own families, maybe it's not a medical difficulty. Maybe it's just annoying family members that you don't know what to do with. That this pandemic and the lockdown and the lack of FaceTime has created such a distance that we don't know how to negotiate with one another anymore. Maybe it's your work environment. You have workmates that have anxiety because of what's going on in the world and they don't know how to deal with it either. And so they just pass it around. And as that anxiety gets passed around in our workplaces and our families, we recognize it's just another bad thing. Maybe in you... You've had a lost opportunity or health issue or disappointment in relationship. Maybe you've made a costly mistake that you didn't know what to do with. Maybe you've had some bad behavior that feels more like a destructive pattern than a one-off mistake. Maybe you're realizing that something needs to change in your life and you don't know how to deal with it. If you're a follower of Jesus... What typically happens in those moments is we have this holy hunger that builds up. Have you ever had a holy hunger when you watch the news or you deal with something and you go, this isn't right, God, it's got to change. That's what we call a holy hunger. I pray that we become a community of holy hunger when we know that God can make a difference because we've seen the promise of peace in God's word, shalom, this all-encompassing time and place where God comes and he fixes everything. All right, on Facebook and and maybe you guys, what's one thing you wish God would change right now? What's one thing you wish if God could do anything? You're wondering, you know, you've got a holy hunger. Maybe you just want to think to yourself, God, if there's one thing that you could change. These are the big prayers that we are afraid to pray. What if God could change the big things? 
I hope you have a holy hunger. I hope that you are craving shalom in your world, in your family, and in your own heart. I hope you have a holy hunger with me. Jeremiah was a prophet. He wasn't a bulldog. He was a bullfrog, whatever. I've just aged myself. Wow. I'm glad that's online forever. Um, Jeremiah was a prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet in the midst of a ton of dissonance in the history of Israel. There was a civil war going on. They had divided north and south. There had been conquering nations from Persia and from Babylon and Egypt interfering with the faith dynamics and the cultural dynamics of Israel at the time. There was everything from child sacrifice to idolatry worship. It was crazy. And it was evil. And Jeremiah, as a prophet, cried out to God over what we see as probably 40 years of time. And God answered him and he said, you know what, Jeremiah, you got to write some things down that I'm going to do among you and in you. And God brought me to Jeremiah 30 this week to help us address this issue of why do bad things happen. You may have heard Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That was said to a people that were under oppression, didn't even have their own king. And so then in the next chapter, Jeremiah hears from the Lord again, and the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord it's verse 1, verse 2. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, write in a book all the words that I have spoken to you. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people. Doesn't that sound good? Raise your hands if you want the fortunes, your fortunes restored. We live in a country, do you know what our motto is? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's almost impossible. And if we pursue it on our own, it can become idolatry. But here God is doing something else. He's saying, the days are coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people. Israel and Judah, separate uh, civil war countries in this time, says the Lord. I will bring them back to the land together I gave to their fathers, and they shall take possession of it. No more Babylon, no more Persia, no more Egypt. No more political infighting. These are the words that spoke concerning Israel and Judah. Thus says the Lord, I have heard the cry of panic, this holy hunger of terror and no peace. Ask now and see. And then God gets weird with Jeremiah, but he gives this analogy that tells us how it feels to be in this world where things are bad. He says, can a man bear a child? Well, that's weird, God. Why are you asking, can a man bear a child? And God says, then why do I see every man with his hands on his stomach? I'm picturing, you ever see a football game when the defense is up against their back and they keep getting driven against and the defense, there's big guys that could take over the world and all they can do is stand up and go, <sighs> this is the picture God's giving. Things are so overwhelming 
Why are your men, these defenders of your city, these ones that are supposed to hold Persia and Babylon and Egypt back, why are their hands on their stomach like women in labor? Why is every face turned pale? Alas, the day is so great, there's none like it. It's a time of distress for Jacob, another word for Israel, for the whole united country. Yet he shall be saved out of it. And it shall come to pass in that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will break his yoke, chains of slavery, chains of people becoming like animals to their surrounding nations. I will break the yoke off their neck. I will burst your bonds and your foreigners shall no more make a servant of him. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king. In some translations it says the king that comes from the line of David will be the one that's restored. Do you know that since Jeremiah wrote this, there has not been a king in Israel from the line of David? There was a governor. I love it how God almost kept it back. One of the kings of one of the occupying countries allowed there to be a governor, but not a king. But one day, God will reign and there will be a king from David's line whom I will raise up for them. Then fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from far away and your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob shall return and have quiet and ease and none shall make him afraid, for I am with you to save you, declares the Lord. And the chapter continues, finally ending where God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, and you shall be my people and I will be your God. God speaks to Jeremiah in the midst of this time where Israel doesn't deserve it. They've put themselves in this place. Yes, there have been occupying forces, but God told them, if you serve me, if you obey me, if you surrender to me, I will rescue you always. But they stopped. They were following idols. They were doing sacrifices with the other gods of the other countries. In the verses of Jeremiah and other places, it says, there are enough shrines to Baal as there are streets in your city. That's kind of a weird thing to think of as Americans because we don't do shrines very well. I mean, maybe a couple of people have shrines outside their homes, but or inside their homes from different faiths. But in the United States, we really don't think of idols, do we? Well, surely we're a Christian nation, right? So we couldn't have idols. If you could think of one thing that you spend more time worrying about than God, then I've just identified an idol in your life. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your family. And instead of going to God and worshiping him as your first call in life, you worship those things instead. We have idols. We're not that different than Israel was back then when Jeremiah was talking and saying, hey, God's saying that you actually caused this mess. You put it on yourself. Now, before I get too far, I think there are some of you that have endured some suffering and you're worried that I'm about to tell you that in God's blueprint, your suffering is your fault. 
there's some physicians in here and, and, and education people, and they deal with folks that are broken hearts all the time. And you're probably afraid that in just a moment, I'm going to tell you that everybody that you deal with that comes in with a problem is their fault. And so you should probably just tell them that God's angry with them. And this angry God wants them to make sure that they suffer until they're fixed. We don't ask the big questions, do we? We don't take time to think about these things. What does God really think? In this case, Jeremiah, from the Lord's voice, is saying, you guys, I have wanted so much for you, and yet you went away on your own. And so the, the word that's used here is punishment. But every time this word of punishment is used in the scripture, it's not God going and punching Israel in the face. It's God saying, if you don't want anything of me, I will withdraw my hand. And I'll let you be delivered to your own idolatry, which, if it's anything like us, will end in more anxiety, more fear, and more destruction. Maybe a little closer to home is this uh, God blueprint story that says, oh, you've suffered with cancer. It was God's plan that you suffered with cancer so that somebody could pray for you and come to the Lord. God made cancer in you for his glory. Yikes. Are we asking these questions enough? Are we going to Jesus with the big questions and saying, Why? I think part of the intellectual honesty that we get to engage with the Lord is, why? To engage the mystery of, Lord, is it possible that there's something going on outside of this? Is it possible there are some tensions that I need to engage in the vineyard and in other churches, too, we're not the only ones. We're not the special ones. We've used this terminology called the already and the not yet. The already and the not yet describes this place and this tension of history since Jesus Christ has died and risen from the dead. Where the whole power of God has intervened in the world and made a, a holy crevice in time. And said, from this moment on, my Holy Spirit will have an authority on the world that you've only seen in Jesus Christ. You want to see justice? Watch Jesus. You want to see healing? See Jesus. And by the power of his Holy Spirit, things can change. And we're also not there yet. One of the analogies that's continued to be given is like World War II when we invaded into Germany and uh, we had made a stop there, but it took a whole year to clean up the Nazis out of Europe. We are in that in-between time since Jesus has won the war and now we're in the cleanup. And so it takes some time of mystery and tension to see what this cleanup looks like. This is from Derek Morphew. He writes a book called Breakthrough. He says, the New Testament teaches that there is both a kingdom now and a kingdom not yet. Our Christian experience takes place within this tension. The Christian is a glorious contradiction. You ever feel like a contradiction? Where you think that, oh man, this is all on me. And wait a second, this is all on God. 
We are simultaneously triumphant and groaning. We are new creatures with new creatures, and yet we war against the flesh in our body and against the world. God leads us in triumph, and yet it seems to be a long battle. As we look within ourselves, we sometimes feel victorious, joyful, and free, and yet sometimes those feelings are replaced with great weakness, fear, and groaning from which we long to escape. We do know that the new age is triumphant over the old, that Jesus has won, but a stone falls from heaven and pulverizes the image. What we're becoming in Jesus will prevail, will prevail, and there's every reason to be filled with hope. The confident expectation that we move from victory in Christ has already been obtained to the victory of Christ that's yet to be obtained. We live in the already and the not yet. We live in this tension knowing that God is good, God is all-powerful, and evil is real. We fear that our suffering is part of some craziness in the world, but really we are in a cleanup. We are in a time of victory, pushing back the enemy from his false territorial mess. And if you're like me, you have a holy hunger that you want it to be complete now, right now, and forever. Martin Luther King has this quote. He says, God still has a way of wringing good out of evil. God still has a way of wringing good out of evil. I have a friend that's getting cancer treatment right now. And as we were praying for him before he went into treatment, we asked him, so how can we pray for you? And he said, man, I am so excited. That's not what I was expecting out of him. He said, man, I'm so excited. What are you excited about? I'm excited because I get to be a witness to every doctor and nurse and person around me and celebrate and worship who God is while I'm getting treatment. What? That's a man living in holy hunger, in holy tension, in the already and not yet, knowing that his Savior already has him in his arms. And yet he's about to do battle with some serious meds in a place far away from home. Psalm 126 describes this hope of what will finally be. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter. We sang with joy. And the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as the streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with harvest. My friend is enduring cancer treatment right now, and he is singing. I'm reading a book right now with my small group, uh, How to Be a King's Kid, and it's a story about Harold Hill, uh, of just a simple corporate guy who is crazy and sometimes stupid, and he loves it, and it's awesome. And he endures one thing after another, and every time he does, he leans in in this strange way in faith into the not-yetness of God. And he says, well, God, I'm your kid, so you're going to have to take care of it. 
My daughter's suicidal. Well, I'm your kid and so is she. So you're going to have to take care of it. Well, God, I just signed a contract on a $2 million contract that I can't fulfill. And so you're going to have to take care of it. And he encourages this very stupid thing, which I love. He encourages praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. And so he's there and his car breaks down and he starts praising the Lord. And the, the owner of the mechanic place says, I don't have a place for your car and I don't have any mechanics on duty. And he says, praise the Lord. We're just going to be here worshiping the Lord. If you don't mind. And the, the owner kind of looks at him stupid. He says, hold on, I'll, I'll figure something out. And five minutes later, his car is fixed. His reservations at a hotel go canceled. And, uh, well, that's all right. I'm just going to be here praising the Lord. And they go, okay. 20 minutes later, someone comes up to him and says, hey, I've got this room for free. I've got to go. This is the not yetness that we lean into in worship and prayer, but also surrender. This is not easy stuff. Why do bad things happen? There's this cosmic mystery of God giving us this authority on earth to love, but also to fail horrifically. And we pass around this anxiety and fear and evil, really. But I don't know about you. I want to be involved in the deliverance and the victory. I want to be involved with Jesus in the cleanup. I want to go around in the authority of Jesus Christ saying, hey, you, get free. God's among us and his victory is secured. So let's go. I know that there's evil. I know that there's suffering. And I know that it's complex. And I don't get why God allows some of it and doesn't allow some. I don't know why I pray for some people and sometimes they're healed and sometimes they're not. I don't know why some people get pregnant and some people don't. I don't know why some people go to jail unjustly and some people don't. But I know that my king is alive. Jesus is alive and he's about deliverance and he's doing it today. And he's inviting us to go along with our holy hunger, a community of holy hunger that can be about his business in the world, rescuing people in the cleanup, in the already and the not yet. And so I want to leave you with some simple instructions for already and not yet people, people with a holy hunger, people that want to engage this tension and mystery of suffering with our deliverer, Jesus. I want you with me to surrender to the disappointments. Little disappointments like the dinner that you wanted for your family turned out really bad. And big disappointments like your divorce or your miscarriage or the loss of a parent or a child. I want you to surrender those disappointments not with brainlessness, with an intellectual honesty that says, God, this is not right. And allow for a holy hunger to be born up within you that births attention that desires for your deliverer to come. I want you to pray in the spirit with groans. Paul writes to the church in Romans. He says, there's deeper feelings than you can give words to. And I have something for you, a tool to help you navigate this time. Some people call it praying in tongues. Some people just groan. I want to invite you to prayers of groaning, to pray in the spirit, 
into these deep areas and to be honest with them and then welcome Jesus into them. I want you to worship often. And I'm not talking about just putting on worship music in the car and going, I'm a Christian, not listening to hip hop. No, I want us to take time away. And when we're feeling like God doesn't deserve it to worship him anyway. Because we've already spent too much time during the week worshiping the other idols that we have. It's time to worship the God of the universe who deserves all the glory when we don't feel like it. Don't just avoid your idols. Worship the true God. And then I want you to share your stories of deliverance to encourage one another. We heard from Danny today who was delivered. It's time for us to share our stories of deliverance to encourage one another that our King Jesus is on the throne, that things have not worked out the way that we've thought they would, but we trust our deliverer to deliver as he sees fit. And we worship him not because of the way he delivers, but because he is Lord and he is conquered over all and he will fulfill the victory one day when the cleanup effort is over. Church, can we become this community of holy hunger, passionate for his deliverance, passionate for our king, surrendering, praying, worshiping, and sharing these stories? Can we do it? Would you stand with me? Lord Jesus, we need more than our brains can handle. We need more then we know how to process. We need you, Lord Jesus. We need you to come and deliver us in the midst of our stuff. So would you come, Holy Spirit? There are some of you here today that are struggling with this whole idea of God and who he could be. I want you to just, with your whole intellectual honesty, surrender to the Lord. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? I need you. There's no one like you in the whole universe. And so I surrender every bit of who I am to you. Forgive me. And I'll turn away from all the idols in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you for the gift of your forgiveness. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by the power of your Holy Spirit to be with me forever and to guide me in my tension. I love you, Lord. If you pray that prayer, I want you to see this prayer team here this morning or online. I want you to go to a Zoom room and say, hey, that was me. I've never had the courage to go to Jesus before, but... I want to trust him today. There was a whole team praying for you this morning. A whole team leaning in and asking what God might want to do, what he may want to deliver this morning. Someone who doesn't feel like they belong. If that's you, come for prayer this morning. Someone with arthritis in your hands, if that's you, come for prayer this morning. Someone who feels their ministry is a bare branch God is going to cause it to sprout leaves and yield much fruit. And a verse, Psalm 89:33, it says, I will not take my love from him. If any of those things are falling on you and feeling like, oh man, that's me, 
the Lord is trying to get your attention because he wants to rescue you. He wants to deliver you in the midst of the bad things in your life. He wants to show himself as he is. If the prayer team's too filled up, come down front. Somebody's going to pray for you. Same thing on the Zoom room. Wait, somebody's going to pray for you. As the worship team continues to play, I want to bless you. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to go out worshiping, praying, engaging, and looking for your deliverer in all the world that he may come in the already and the not yet and rescue you by his power and his life and his joy. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. Come for prayer.
good, strong, loving, kind, like the love I always find. Hope, help, hero, king, stronger than anything. Wise, bright, perfect, side, closest friend, highest, high, the first, last, middle, in your size, I cannot comprehend. Best of all, you set me free when on the cross, you died for me, you're everything in life to me, and this is what I sing. Good, 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 and you love me, you are good, 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 yes, it's true. And I, 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 I know you're good You're always good You're always good You are good, 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 good,
Rushing through the fear God, we need your presence God, we need you here You are with us Fighting for us We can lay our worries down Even when we Stand in shadows We are standing on holy ground So come and help us to be strong Be brave Be courageous Be strong Be brave Be courageous Be strong. 